Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman. Tonight, we've got Father Chris Alar with us. This is going to be yeah. fantastic because we're talking about mankind's last hope of salvation. And we all know, we should know at least, what that is. We're going to break that down in just a moment. Of course, everything needs to begin with prayer. Father Heilman, we give that to you. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much, Father. And we want to thank everybody out there who supports and watches and encourages us. The U.S. Grace Force podcast, we've been doing this for about three and a half, just over three and a half years now. We're very honored yep. and humbled to have the chance to share this with you all and your, your help, your thoughts, your prayers, your encouragement, your financial support for the Patreon program is what makes this happen. And so again, we thank all of you for that. If you're interested in keeping us in your rosaries, in your moments of adoration, in your mass intentions, we are so thankful for that. And if you're interested in helping us out financially, that is an enormous thing. We can't thank you enough for that. You can click the link in the description below and join the Patreon team. That is a powerful way to help us continue to get this message out. Messages like this one here tonight. Now, those of you who watch the U.S. Grace Force podcast, if you followed us last week, we had Peter Herbeck on from Renewal Ministries, and he talked about, fair amount, about prophecies and things that are happening in the world. And, and this being Divine Mercy Week with Divine Mercy Sunday coming up at the time we record this, this coming Sunday, we are thrilled to have Father Chris Elar on to discuss this, the divine mercy, this great devotion being really mankind's last hope of salvation. And that's not our opinion. Those are the words of our blessed Lord Jesus to St. Faustina. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Father Chris, it is awesome to have you on. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, it's an honor. I've been a big fan of your show since I found you guys at uh, during the COVID uh, time. And so we're very grateful uh, for the time for us to work with you guys. And that's why we'd be excited to have you guys on our show about divine mercy, divine mercy being so important. And, um, you know, it's called Living Divine Mercy. It's on Wednesdays on EWTN. So we're super, super excited to be able to have you guys as guests on our show as well. I think Wait. you and I were going to be at a conference at the same time, I believe. And I think you had travel issues or something or something happened and you couldn't make it, I think. Yeah. You know, that was the only conference I had to cancel in the last five years. Uh, oh, so the Doug, uh, the Doug jinx. We call, we call that the God, Doug jinx. God had bigger yeah. plans for us to be together tonight yeah. instead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. I somehow yeah. caused the problem on the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's awesome to have you on um and obviously this is perfect timing to have you on and we're so thankful for that uh the world's going crazy let's just cut right to it and uh we, we just we got to break down a little bit i mean the people who follow the grace force i believe are very much in tune in general with what's going on we see all the issues in the news the attack on human dignity um you know what's been going on obviously the unveiling of so many of the deeper darker pieces of the abortion industry over the last many years with regards to you know, the selling of babies, body parts, just horrific things you just, you wouldn't think for a moment modern civilization could, would do. But then again, I would say the same demons that got into the hearts of people like Stalin, who starved between 30 and 60 million of his own people, or the heart of someone like Adolf Hitler, and all the, the horrible things he did, and many other tyrants over the years, those same demons, they don't, they don't go away, just because the people have moved on and other people can embrace the temptation of these demons as well. And so we've got human trafficking and we've got the attack on, on uh, you know, our own personal dignity, on people playing God and deciding by looking in the mirror that they're now a different gender. I mean, all these types of things that are just beyond what many of us would think would be common sense or even possible. And, and Father Chris, if you could comment on what you're seeing and in the work you do, how things have unfolded in the world and really the way they continue to, you know, talk of World War III even. All of this is really right upon us right now. 
Can you kind of break down what you see with all these these things happening in the world? Yeah, I, I, I think it starts with what you just touched on in the fact that the influence right now of the demonic is everywhere, almost uh, like we've never seen before. And there's a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, the devil knows his time is short, that uh, they, they know this. Uh, this is their uh, full court press, if you will. Um, we need to take it seriously. Uh, you know, you mentioned um, abortion, and, you know, I was just reading one of the mystics was talking um, in detail that God's justice, uh, because God is mercy and justice, actually that every time an abortion is performed uh, in the world, a demon has to be released onto the earth. Mm. And think about that for a minute. Um, of the millions of abortions that have happened just in this country. What are we up to, like 1.2 billion, I think. I was just going to say 65, 70 million in the United States. States. But worldwide, over over a billion abortions. Now think about that for a moment. If that's true, and it makes perfect sense, if a demon is released every time that an abortion is performed, and not because God wants it, it's as justice demands it, um, this is why we're fighting the evil uh, that we're fighting today. And that's why we need, you know, um, apostolates like Grace Force, like us at the Marian Fathers, uh, spreading divine mercy, because there's only one hope for this kind of um, situation, and that's divine mercy. Because we we have no idea, you know, the impact um, <clears throat> that, that uh, the evil, the demons, many people don't even believe in the demons. They you know, um, I, I think one good thing to mention is the fact that we have to understand what evil even is. Um, you know, people who do believe in heaven and hell or, or God and Satan, uh, many of, as few as those are, still even fewer believe in the fact that evil is a real created thing. They, they, they think it is. Actually, evil is not a real created thing. God created all things. And he can't create something contrary to his nature. Uh, it's just a law of contradiction. So what is evil is actually, it's a privation of the good. It's not mm. something, it's a lack of something. Mm. And so evil is actually a lack of privation of the good. Now, God is goodness itself. So when you kick God out of school, out of the courts, out of... Mm-hmm our companies, out of our families, out of the workplace, you're removing goodness itself. Right. And what's left is a lack of privation of the good. What is left is evil. And um, Father Haim, we were talking before the show yeah. that mm-hmm. if you want to mention real quickly, and then I'll comment on what you said earlier. Well, just that um, I, I really wanted you to, to, to talk about this on the show, but you talked about you know, the state of, of, of our culture prior to a certain date, and I'll let yep. you say that date, yep. and then, you know, th- what happened? I, I just want to okay. leave it at that because I, I just want you, you to go sure. with what, what you shared. What I've pointed out in a few of my talks in the past is something very fascinating. Uh, prior to 1962, um, some key measurements on the health of society were shown uh, divorce rate was actually very low, in fact, declining. Violent crime it was very low, in fact, declining. Abortions were even illegal. The rate was low that they, you know, that they have they know of, in fact, was declining. Um, all these things, unwed pregnancies, uh, was low, in fact, even declining. All of a sudden, after 1962, these low rates literally skyrocketed. Wow. They skyrocketed off the charts. Wow. And they try, all the sociologists are trying to figure out why this was. Do you know that it was that exact same time that the Supreme Court removed prayer from mm. schools? Mm. And what's happened is we created a vacuum. We removed God. We removed goodness itself. We we cleaned up. We swept the house clean. We had everything was was looking good. The the 50s were a a very good decade. The 60s were starting well. All of a sudden, we pull God out of school. Um, We remove goodness itself. And all of a sudden, boom, the demons returned. 
even that much greater. Mm -hmm. And since 1962, when prayer was removed, we are facing unprecedented levels of just those those factors, uh, divorce, violent crime, unwed pregnancies, abortions. Mm -hmm. It really screams now that we are in need more than ever of God's mercy because sin is now at a rate that, you know, in fact, wasn't it Pius Twelfth? that said mankind is more sinful now than he was even at the time of the flood. Yep. And that was prior to 1962. Yep. <laughs> so think, think of how much now we're, we're in trouble and in mired in sin since that time. It's, can, it's just can, getting worse and worse. Can I give you my quick interpretation, at least the way I'm receiving what, what you're saying there. So you think, well, it was just prayer removed from school. No, it was the most trusted institution maybe on the planet earth. Mm. I mean, for sure at that time, the Supreme court, what they say is gospel. It's dogma. It's to be trusted because it's the, the Supreme court. Right. And what were they saying by removing prayer from the school? It's time. It's time for us to separate. Okay. Uh, our faith. We're, we, we, we're one <clears throat> nation under God. But in that one call that they made, they sent a signal that not just there, but everywhere. We're now one, ma one nation, and God is over there, though. And we can't talk about him uh, as, as a public. Prior to that, it was just a given. Oh, well, of course, you know, and, and religion, and, and everybody went to church, and now, I remember as a little kid, I mean, it was just, it was automatic at church. Yeah. yeah and, 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 uh, the parish was just so, um, dynamic and, and, and loving it. You had a sense that this was your second family and, and, and the sense of awe and wonder at the liturgy, all of that was there. And, and I think the most trusted institution on the planet is mm. all of a sudden said, no, it's different now. All of a yeah. sudden that happened. And with yeah. that one call, what, yeah. what do you think about the way I received about what you just said? Oh, I, I would say definitely because all of a sudden there was evils unleashed like we had never seen before. Yeah. In that time, since that ruling, you had full legalization of abortion. You've had complete unregulated pornography. You've had contraception then offered contraception was like a year or two later exactly the pill yeah. the pill comes out mm -hmm. um we we saw an, an unprecedented level of 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 sin now coming into the culture and now it's even escalated with redefining marriage redefining yeah. gender um mm -hmm. these these are the crazy uh effects of what happens when you leave yourself without God. A right, right. Good. Whereas if we were close to God and it was automatic that we are one with God, yeah, you wouldn't even consider these things. Right. I was talking with someone today. I said, one of my favorite scripture passages, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome and you'll find rest for your souls. Learn from me for I meek and humble of heart. So I'm easily taught. Meek means, you know, you're, you're like, uh, I always say it's the wild horse from the hill that comes down and is trained to stop at the tap of the rider's heel. But, um, and then he goes on though, and he says, um, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden light. And I was talking to this person. I said, what that means is just when you're like this, when you're in love, you know, of course you do this. Of course you don't do that. Of course you do. It just is an automatic to follow the will of God when you've got God close. But all of a sudden with a Supreme court decision, it went like this. Okay. And now we discern on our own, and God is something that those people over there do. It's not one, it's not one nation under God any longer. It's one nation with God over there for those people who might want them. Does that make sense? No, you're absolutely right. And that the effect now that we have opened so many portals yeah. um, to allow the evil in. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's unprecedented really in human history. Um, yeah, you know, humans, the nature, our nature doesn't change, but the, uh, ways of, of 
confusion. Remember, Satan has three main tools. Um, he gets us in pride. All right. He's yep. he's already he's already done that. He already accomplished that in the garden. Mankind's fallen human nature is susceptible to pride. Um, the second of Satan's great tools is fear. What did we just go through with this debacle? Fear. Yep. It was closing the churches. It was um, you can't go to church. You can't receive Holy Communion. You're going to get sick and die. Although, you know, there many of the medical records state, you know, contrary numbers to that, that fear. Um, and Satan's third great tool, confusion. Yeah. We've already gone through centuries of the effect of pride. He slammed us with fear over the last three years, unprecedented levels of fear that you don't even trust your own relatives, right. um, you know, that to come over to visit. And now he's, he's slamming confusion. Um, never before has there ever been the confusion that we have in our world today that we don't even know what a gender is. And so yeah. we're, we're reaping the bad fruits here. Yeah. I think also you throw into that mix too, you know, father, that, the uh, the chilling effect, you know, Father Heilman, you talk about that a lot. Right. You know, you have a couple of of, uh, of certain certain things that are that are used. You know, what happened a couple of years ago in January six. You know, you've got moments like that. You've got, you know, this judge decides this against this person regarding a Second Amendment scenario, um, and things. Uh, twenty six or twenty seven pro lifers have been, you know, pulled in now by the FBI for things they did a year or more ago that were you know standing on a sidewalk praying or other other situations like this and when you hear so-called whistleblowers coming out saying that the process is the punishment okay they even know that they can't and this has been reported in the news they know that they can't necessarily convict people on some of this but they're going to punish them anyway by putting into the process just making it a life of hell for a while for them and then that chilling effect takes on and that fear that you were just talking about father uh, you know, just starts to cause some people just to go silent. And, you know, so the idea of praying for strength, the idea of really knowing that we, ha we have to have a certain grit and a certain resolve and a certain perseverance. You know, I think about that scripture passage where we're told those who persevere to the end will find salvation. You know, not those who get it all figured out and never fall again. Well, that definitely isn't me. I mean, I'm one of those guys, I'm in the confessional sometimes for the same sin over and over and over. And I know a lot of people, you know, we struggle with these types of things, but it's the perseverance. It's the not quitting. It's the never giving up. Now you got to adjust and you got to get clever sometimes. You, you've got to operate on this field of battle that we're on and do it in a clever way that is still faithful to God, but not putting yourself out there in such a way that's going to get you removed so quickly, unnecessarily, you know, I think of the words of St. Thomas More in the man uh, of all Se man for all seasons movie, whether he actually said this or not, it sure sounds like something he probably could have or would have said when he says to his daughter, we must use our wits to survive. But if God closes all the doors, then we die like champions. But as long as we're here, we've got to be clever and persevere through all this. But, you know, Father Elor, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on that, about the fact that we've seen this chilling effect take hold as well. And even when bishops are silencing priests all over the place, yeah. even some of you priests I know, not you and not Father Heilman, but many have been, I'm sure, just thinking, okay, I'm not going to speak out on this because this is going to cause conflict and I just don't want to take on the conflict. Yeah, it, they're unquestionably... Um... Right now, when you look at the cancel culture, um, there is uh, such a fear. Uh, so it, Satan continues to play on the fear, not just since the end of COVID, but continuing into now that you can't speak the truth because you're going to be a racist. You you can't speak the truth because you're a bigot. You're you're mm -hmm. full of hate. Um, this is the fear, um, and therefore, then it leads to a lie because then you've got priests and bishops supporting causes. Um, I mean, let's face it, you, right there in Texas, where you are, God bless, you know, Bishop Strickland, mm. um, amazing bishop. But yeah. also in Texas, we had a bishop kneeling in honor of a renegade group that has professed a radical agenda on their own website that's pro-abortion, uh, pro-transgenderism, uh, um, pro-destruction uh, of the patriarchy. Um, and announces that they're Marxist. And that stands for everything the Catholic Church, uh, you know, is is against. Uh. And we got bishops kneeling in their honor. Um, 
because they don't want to be called racist or they don't want to be cancel culture or uh, cultured, uh, canceled, I guess. Um, and so this fear has led to many um, uh, not speaking the truth. And this is where I'm grateful for Grace Force because there are there are a few good ones out there and uh, and we need more. Um, you know, I, I speak to my brother, Father Donald Calloway quite often and and and, and, you know, he's one out there is constantly threatened to being canceled. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's preaching the truth. And and we need those priests, those bishops, they're going to stand up for the truth. Pray for what's going on in Germany. My goodness. Oh, um, yeah. This is insanity yeah. that we're going to rewrite the definition of divine revelation, dogmatic yeah. revelation. We're going to change that. Um, we can't. But yet they're under the um the 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 belief that we can and they should it's father chris I, father, i'm sorry father chris for the audience that might not be aware and not everybody follows all the 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 horrible things that are happening can you give a brief synopsis of the germany situation yeah the german bishops um in the, in the synod uh the whole you probably heard the synod the synodality the uh movement uh in the church of the bishops in germany to redefine church teaching on human sexuality um, you know, to be able to not just, you know, remember our, our faith is always taught love the sinner, but we mm -hmm. can't condone the sin. Um, you know, that, that has been is from day one, the teaching of the church. Uh, we love the sinner. We embrace the sinner. Uh, we pray for the sinner. We are all sinners, but at no time can we condone, uh, the sinful act, what's contrary to the will of God. And the German bishops are, there's motions for things that we just cannot change. Uh, two examples, um, sodomy um, is, it, it can never be acceptable under any circumstances um, in any cases or teaching in, in the church. And the second is women's ordination. Um, John Paul II declared, and this is not to be sexist, but John Paul II declared that we have no authority. The church right. has no authority to ordain women and people are, you know, upset. They're furious. But when you take a simple explanation, if I may, the reason that the church cannot ordain women is actually very simple, but very controversial. All right. Uh, number one, the church is not sexist. Uh, it's not chauvinistic. Uh, the fact remains that the, the priest is in persona Christi at the altar. Okay, he is in the person of Christ. Christ became, uh, came to earth, was a man. That is who this person is, the priest in the place of, despite his brokenness. Now, here to me is what's fascinating. If you read the teachings of the church fathers, um, is this what happens from the altar? Now, Christ always, the Bible gives us the nuptial symbolism between Christ and the church. Right. We know Christ is the groom. The church is the bride. The church has accepted the feminine. That's why we call it mother church. Christ and the priest is the masculine. The priest in persona Christi. Christ is the groom. The priest is in persona Christi. So at the altar, in that life-giving act in the Eucharist, in that pouring out that the priest does from the altar, he's giving that life-giving seed, that grace that comes from the priest at the altar and is basically received by the church, the feminine. And the church gives birth, gives life to that grace. She, she gives birth to it. She, she fosters in that, that seed that comes from the altar, life. She gives birth and that is what life is in the church. If you have a female at that altar, and excuse me, I don't mean to be, you know, um, controversial here or, 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 or indecent in any way, but if you have a female at that altar and the church is feminine and receives that seed from the altar, you have lesbianism. You, 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 you don't have that nuptial relationship because the priest is the male, that seed that gives the church is the feminine. She receives it, takes it into her womb and gives birth. That's, that's how the church fathers always mm. explain this. And so 
the bishops of Germany are trying to rewrite this entire understanding of, of the nuptial relation of Christ and the church. We can't have women's ordination, not because it's, we're sexist. And but, it just feels like the, the pride of wokeism again. Yeah. You know, that we, we have a, a greater understanding now because you know why? Because we were born into the world. Yeah. And, you know, and, and uh, all those generations before us, well, um, it's just a shame that we weren't born into those generations, but we're born into this one. So we'll get it right now. It just, I, I'm being mostly sarcastic there, but uh, the woke is just filled with this arrogant pride. And I, I just want to pick up on what you said there too, about um, the female. Um, I contend that EWTN burst onto the scene with mother Angela's rant in 1993. And that was when the uh, cardinal, cardinal, yep. Well, it, and the, w w was the uh, youth um, World Youth uh, Day '93 in World Denver, Youth yeah. Day in 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 Colorado. Yeah, and they depicted Jesus. That's right. As a woman in the Stations of the Cross, and uh, and she, that that was it for her, for oh, yeah. Mother Angelica. And it, it, please, people, yeah. Google her rant. It is, it, it's historic, and it, yeah. it's right on too. But that's when she took off the modern habit and put on the traditional habit, and that's she, when they were pushing yeah. all the or, or uh, they, they were they, they were um, uh, they were helping us to 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 understand the wonder the beauty of our, our of our sacred traditions, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, I mean I think EWTN's ratings passed you know some of the greatest stations I mean which is it just blew up in in, in uh, but because why? Because people are hungering for this, and 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 you talk too, Father, about um, you know it's a privation, okay? Um, uh, it, to me, that that, it, and I think uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn uses this uh, passage a lot too. But when you sweep the house clean, right, and then the the devil will come back. What is it? Sevenfold, uh, even more. Than it was he'll bring and, seven greater demons with him yeah yeah and and uh and and he contends too that something happened in the 60s uh he's got his new book out uh, return of the gods i've i haven't read it cover to cover but i've but i've mm -hmm. tore into it but it's 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 basically what you're saying here too yeah that and that's a, the a privation occurred in the 60s yeah that that and, opened the door or 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 gave space for the demons to come in and take over. And, and unquestionably, it's one of the bad fruits of the radical feminism. Um, you know, women's equal rights, everybody supports that. But when you look at how the 1960s were, it was a rejection of, of any traditional role of motherhood, yeah. of a spousal, a, a wifely um, beauty. It was a rejection. And, you know, that filtered even into when I was growing up. When when I was growing up, I, I, I look back now and I laugh because my five favorite TV shows, I'm not exaggerating, were The Simpsons, <laughs> Home Improvement, Ooh. Married with Children, Ooh. Everybody Loves Raymond, and King of Queens. I think I'm with you on those five. <laughs> I, I loved them. But yeah. you know what I, I realize now? Every one of them shows the male father as a bumbling buffoon idiot. Oh, and, yeah. a lot of weakness. Yeah. I weakness. We're painted as homers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Marge had to hold the family together. Jill, yeah. Jill's the tool man Taylor uh, had to film the tool lady had to hold yeah. the family together. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Raymond, everybody loves Raymond. The wife had to hold the family together. Yeah. The father was incapable. And I remember an episode of Home Improvement where the middle-aged son. And that's really an indoctrination, TV. you know? Yes. It, yes. It's almost and like a I remember the middle-aged son saying real snotty on there, um, you are an idiot. Uh, Dad, you are an absolute stupid idiot. And everybody laughed, you yeah. know? There was no respect for the father or the right. patriarchy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. And this, this, there was this onslaught. And you talk about the 60s prayer being removed. Um, what what are your thoughts on, um, I pulled it up here, Madeline, was it Madeline Murray O'Hare? They, they, a lot of credit is given to her. 
um, for being the one that helped instigate the removal of prayer, although the Supreme Court's decision was really the death knell there. But um, there was a lot of strange things about her life, about her end and everything and disappearance and this, that, not to get into, because some of that might just be, you know, urban legend. But to me, there was something about the influence of this, like one key individual at that time that seemed to really storm through, like, like a Margaret Sanger did in the early 1900s. I was just, just going to yeah. mention her name. Yeah. Yeah. You've got some key people that really became instruments in the hands of the enemy to start undermining and chipping away at things, you know, uh, Bella Dodd was, would be another one, you know, who brought a lot of communism and Marxism, you know, into the church, you know, through seminaries and such by recruiting men, you know, to be communists and going to seminaries, all these key people along the way. But then countering that we've had some key people as well, like, like a Padre Pio who died in 1968, a Fulton J. Sheen died in the late seventies, John Paul II, St. John Paul II, a Pope Bendick. Um, or St. Faustina. Um, and that would have been, in the timing of some of this is interesting because the St. Faustina, uh, uh, you know, all of that unfolded in, in the 30s, correct? If you could give us a breakdown of St. Faustina's life and how, because really there seemed to be this kind of counter, you know, and we go back to what, you know, Peter Herbeck said in last week's episode about this window of mercy, the St. Uh, Bernard of Siena wrote about, you know, centuries ago, and that God gives this window of mercy before he allows you know, certain things to start falling, like angels lifting the protective hands over nations, government officials, church officials kind of going, you know, off the rails with, you know, becoming, falling into some really horrible leadership. And then the, the fourth one was demons are allowed to do what they want. But in the thick of the last over 100 years, you look at Fatima 1917, the great warning of our Blessed Mother there, the really the encouragement to pray the rosary was very, very strong. Um, the institution of the, of the uh, devotion to the Immaculate Heart, and I love the fact that in 1957, in an interview, Sister Lucia said, um, not once did me or my cousins ever see the Blessed Mother smile, that she was very, very serious about what was going on. This had to do with a very serious warning for the world. But from there, we've had this window of mercy, Father, Father Chris. And then, of course, St. Faustina comes on the scene. Our Lord uses her as a powerful instrument. Give a little synopsis and time frame of her and the process that the Divine Mercy devotion went through before it was really approved and accepted, and now it's impacted the whole world. But a little background, could you please, on that? Yeah, I, in fact, if we got time, I, I go back even a little bit further uh, uh, to uh, one of my favorite popes of all time, Pope Leo the Thirteenth, mm. when he overheard yeah. uh, uh, after saying Mass, he overheard a conversation between uh, Jesus and Satan, and you probably know the story. I won't go into yep. depth, but basically, Satan said. Um, I could bring down your church. And he said, uh, our Lord Jesus said, uh, you think so? And, and Satan is like, yes, but I need more time and I need more power. That was October 13th, 19, or 1884. Yes. The lifespan of Jesus to uh, 1917, October 13th. Exactly. The miracle of the so sun. 33 years later. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is Jesus said, how much power? And he said, enough power to sway the lukewarm sinner. That's why Jesus warned about not being a lukewarm sinner to mm -hmm. St. Faustina. And he told um, uh, Satan, Satan said, I need more time. And he said, how much time? And um, Satan said, about 100 years. Now, here's what's fascinating. To some who think that the 100 years started at that moment, like Father Apostoli and others, the 100 years later, John Paul consecrated uh, in 1984, uh, there was the uh, uh, first attempt or the attempt at that time to consecrate Russia. And so even though whether you believed it was consecrated or not, there was that attempt by John Paul to consecrate Russia. Others believe that Satan gathered his forces and actually launched his attack in 1917. The reason why is because look what happened in 1917. You got the war of all wars raging. Right. You've got the the Judeo-Masonic bankers took their first country in Russia. You've got um, the Spanish uh, pandemic, which is a real pandemic, the Spanish flu, um, ravaging uh, the population. And you got Margaret Sanger, who on that date basically opened the first birth control clinic in New York City, mm. uh, launched actually the film a birth control. She was actually in jail for 30 days because of it. Now look what's happened since 
this time in the last 100 years. Um, legalized pornography, legalized abortion, unmitigated um, sin, uh, birth control, um, uh, ways to marriage. you couldn't imagine years ago, divorce rates, the destruction of the family. It's almost like Satan knew his time was limited. Now, here's the answer, Doug, to your question. Thank the Lord for scripture where it says, where sin abounds, my Grace mercy abounds. abounds the more. Yeah. Now, if this is true, that Satan launched his attack in the last century, it was also the bloodiest century, um, you know, of, of any for Christians, that our Lord was also going to give the most grace. And the beauty that we have is this, this has been an unprecedented time of sin, but Jesus has told the saints, it's been an unprecedented time of mercy. That's why, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus said, please turn to my mercy Why there's still time. Mm. He said, divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. He said, um, turn now while there's time, because when I come again as the just judge, the time of mercy will be over. That's what you, you, you had in your last show. Um, this window of mercy will close. Jesus said, you must pass through the doors of my mercy. And, and if you don't, time will close and you must pass through the doors of my justice. Now, I, you do are good guys. I don't know about you, but I'm not making it through the doors of justice. I, 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 I got to have the doors of mercy. Yeah, that's, I prefer that myself. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to make the doors yeah. of justice. Okay, right. so Jesus, um, real quickly to explain this whole divine mercy thing, it summarizes this way: the message of divine mercy is nothing new. That goes back to the Garden of Adam and Eve. Um, that we remember real easy by the act by ABC. Know your ABCs. Very simple. The Bible tells us if you do three things, you will get to heaven. They are A, ask for God's mercy and forgiveness. The Bible tells us if we don't repent and ask for forgiveness and mercy, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. So A, ask for God's mercy. Now, the problem was Adam and Eve didn't do that. When they fell, they blamed, they didn't, they, they didn't say we're sorry. So they failed. B is be merciful to each other, which again is in the scriptures, Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats. Mm. For those who were merciful, they'll enter into the kingdom of God. For those who are not merciful to their brothers, they'll enter into the eternal fire. Mm. And so what did Adam and Eve do? After they fell, they blamed each other. You know, Adam said, Lord, it's the woman you gave me. Um, she did this, you know, they blamed each other. So we got to be merciful. That's B. And then C is completely trust in God's mercy. And we know this is the key to the Bible. Adam, um, I'm sorry, uh, Abraham trusted all to the point he was going to sacrifice his son, just like God, the father did. Uh, Isaac is a typology of Christ, but here's the thing. God has been trying to give mankind that message of mercy since the garden. And we are stubborn. We are stiff necked and we haven't been listening. So over the centuries, he's raising up many great prophets and teachers to teach us about mercy. We don't listen. Um, so finally he gets to the 20th century and he basically says, that's it. I'm done. Now our Lord's never done with us. He's never he never gives up on us, but he's done revealing. Public re revelation is done. Private revelation continues. But he basically said, that's it. You, St. Faustina, will prepare the world for my final coming. And here's this little nun in 1930s Poland that Jesus says, you will prepare the world for my final coming. So basically he's saying, that's it. I'm, I'm done. We're, we're, we're preparing for the end now. Now what happened is amazing. He gave her five channels of grace in Doug, what you've been calling the devotion of divine mercy. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome because that's truly what it is. He gave Faustina five new channels of grace that we can remember with a simple acronym Finch, like the little bird F I N C H. 
F is the feast of divine mercy. I is the image of divine mercy, which you see right behind me. N is the novena of divine mercy, which we're praying right now between Good Friday and the day before divine mercy Sunday. So N is the novena of divine mercy. C is the chaplet of divine mercy. And H is the hour of divine mercy, 3 p.m. Now, Christ gave those to St. Faustina to be able to help us in a devotion, because devotions are optional in the Catholic Church. People will always say, I don't follow divine mercy because devotions are optional. Okay. But the message of divine mercy, ABC, ask for God's mercy, be merciful to each other, and completely trust in God's mercy is not optional. So the devotion helps us live a deeper message of mercy. And that's how we get to heaven. You know, you guys talk about this. You're, it's in your name, grace, grace force. The only way we get to heaven is grace. And Jesus said that you want to get to heaven, you, it's only by my grace. And Jesus told St. Faustina, trust is the vessel by which all grace is received. And so in the whole message of divine mercy, he's saying, trust me, I'm giving you the, the mankind's last hope of salvation, divine mercy. So if I may, I would like to just explain one element of that. That's the feast coming up this Sunday. So in just a few days, don't miss this boat. Jesus told St. Faustina that on this one day, the Sunday after Easter, the floodgates of mercy, the gates of heaven are opened and the ocean of mercy will be poured out on the world on this one day, the, the Sunday after Easter. Now, sorry if I get, I, I don't want to get, I'm going to try to do this very quickly, but what is the promise Jesus made? Okay. Why, first of all, did Jesus say divine mercy Sunday? needs to be on the Sunday after Easter. Okay, fascinating here. Because Jesus is a Jew, he comes from the Jewish people. And to the Jews, when a feast was so big, so important, they didn't celebrate it in one day. They would celebrate it over eight days and they would call it an octave. We in the church accepted and, and uh, absorbed that tradition in our church. We have the octave of Christmas, the octave of Easter, and the octave of Easter starts on Easter Sunday. That's day one of the octave. And eight days later is next Sunday, Divine Mercy Sunday. They're all one full day of grace. Now, here's what's amazing. That celebration is eight days. Now, people may say, well, why not seven days, Father? That's the perfect number in the Bible. Okay, seven is the perfect number in regards to time or creation, but eight to the Jews represented eternity. Now, here's the point. Jesus said, I want this feast on the eighth day because that symbolizes when we die. When we die, symbolized by the eighth day, we enter into eternity. So on day one, Easter Sunday, Jesus opened the door to heaven. The next seven days, are symbolic of our pilgrimage on earth called life. Then we will all die. <laughs> we will all pass into the eighth day, which is eternity. Now, here's why Jesus did this. Eight represents eternity to the Jews. When we die, we enter into eternity. Now, what did we say earlier? Christ is the groom. Who's the bride? The church. Who's the church? We are. So Jesus is going to come on the eighth day when you die to meet you. As the groom, like any Jew, he wants to take his bride home to meet his parents, marry his mother, God the Father, but he needs us to be spotless. No Jewish man wanted his bride to have any stain. We need to be spotless. The problem, though, Doug, as you mentioned earlier, you too, Father Heilman, is we are far from spotless. Mm. We are so full of sin right now. We are so full, stained, that heaven had to intervene to, 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 to clean us up. And Jesus did. 
with St. Faustina. He gave us this one feast. Why? Because it's a promise of complete cleansing. In 699 of the diary, Jesus promises the soul who has been to confession. Uh, it doesn't have to, the confession could be today, tomorrow, just be in a state of grace on Divine Mercy Sunday. So Jesus says, get to confession and receive Holy Communion on Divine Mercy Sunday or the vigil before. And you will be completely wiped clean of not only all sin, but all punishment due to sin. Because either one of those is a stain on our wedding garment. What's our wedding garment? Our soul. And so Jesus is the groom, comes for us, the bride. He wants our wedding garment spotless. What's our wedding garment? Our soul. What stain could be on our soul? Sin. How do we wipe away that? How do we clean that? Confession. That's what Jesus says to do first. The next stain on our soul is the punishment of the consequence of our sin. Which when we leave the confessional, we may have temporal punishment remaining. So Jesus says, even that is cleansed on this day, Divine Mercy Sunday. That's why Jesus says that go to confession, go to communion, and I promise I'll wipe away all your sin and punishment. And we had a great priest named Father Seraphim Menkalenko, and he used to teach that Divine Mercy Sunday is like a second baptism. It's not a second baptism, but it's like it. Because never will your soul be cleaner than it is on Divine Mercy Sunday. Because only in baptism is you are you cleansed of both sin and punishment. And how beautiful. Some people say, well, Father, that's a plenary indulgence. Well, remember, to get a full plenary indulgence, you can have no attachment to sin. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I still get impatient. I still am gluttonous. I'm a mess in, in a lot of ways. But I, I'm working on it. I, I, I'm trying, and, and God knows that. But on Divine Mercy Sunday, he doesn't make that a condition. Anybody, any snake can get out of the gutter, go to confession, receive Holy Communion, and be completely wiped clean so that when Jesus comes on the eighth day for his bride, she is spotless. That's why you don't want to miss this grace. Mm. Get to confession, receive Holy Communion, and go back to your pew and make a prayer that just says something like this. Jesus, you promised St. Faustina, the soul that has been to confession, I have. The soul that receives Holy Communion, I just did, will be completely cleansed of all sin and punishment. Jesus, please give me this grace. And he has to give it to you or he lied. <laughs> Nobody is going to claim that. So please, Love everybody, it. get this grace. It's amazing. That, that's amazing. I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm going, oh, I hope a, a million people hear what you just said. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. so many people, you know, we're worrying against ourselves, but I always say it's Satan in our ear. But telling us what? Well, first of all, that look what I did. You know, I'm not worthy. I, th there's no fixing me, right? And I like to remind people of this. When Jesus rose from the dead, who did he appear to first? Someone Simple who was woman. afflicted with seven demons and was yeah. a prostitute, okay? Right? Am I right about that? Yeah. In fact, yeah. that I just did a homily on that saying that that proves divine mercy because the most sinful person in the most need of mercy was the one Jesus first came to. Yeah, that's we picked to, to see him first. I mean, that's amazing. And then the other thing, the other way that Satan gets in our ears going, but it's so hard. You know, I, ca I can't live up to what God wants me to do. And that's where I get back to that scripture passage that I love. No, my yoke is easy, my burden light. You know, come, get completely cleansed, start brand new. And you're in love with the Lord and you're one with the Lord. Now, all of a sudden, of course I can't do this. And of course I should be doing this. Of course, it's so easy when you're in love like that. So when you receive the bounty of God's mercy, 
I, gosh, I hope a million people hear what you just said. Thank you, Father. It, that's that's amazing. It, it is incredible. And like you just said, Father, it's, you know, you always hear people say, gee, if I could just wipe my slate clean. Yeah. Um, if I could just start over. I'm like, right. you you can. Yeah. This, this is the day that, and you know, people always say, well, if I'm going to get run over by a bus, I, I hope it's after confession. I always say, if I'm going to get run over by a bus, I hope it's after receiving Holy Communion on Divine Mercy, Divine Mercy Sunday. Sunday. And after having been to confession, and if yep. I may add to this, you know, when John Paul II died in 2005, um, we we had Cardinal Jeevich, his right-hand man for 40 years, yep. come to the National Shrine, and he told us an incredible story. He said, on the night that John Paul, on, on the night before Divine Mercy Sunday, they had already celebrated the day mass in the morning for Saturday. And it was becoming evening and they were not going to celebrate mass again till Sunday morning of Divine Mercy Sunday. Cardinal Jeevich told us something amazing. He said they were not going to celebrate mass, but John Paul II was getting weaker and weaker. And Cardinal Jeevich said that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit put on his heart, celebrate mass now it was like 5 30 so you could do the vigil and he said um celebrate mass with john paul for divine mercy sunday and cardinal jeevich ignored it the first time thinking well we're going to celebrate mass in the morning but a half hour later said the feeling came back from the holy spirit celebrate mass for divine mercy sunday tonight which was saturday night for john paul or for divine mercy sunday with john paul he ignored it by now it's like 8.30 at night and it comes back a third time. Holy Spirit telling him, celebrate Mass with John Paul. This time, here goes a cardinal into the sacristy. He's rummaging through the drawers, getting a corporal and a purificator and chalice and ciborium and cruets and, and, and everything. And he celebrated Mass. John Paul II had just been to confession. He celebrated Mass. John Paul received Holy Communion for Divine Mercy Sunday because it was like 9 o'clock at night, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, and he died 25 minutes later. Wow. And we heard that, and we're just like, wow, Lord, that's incredible. Wow. <laughs> and Father, it, and to help the audience understand, the, the Divine Mercy, the devotion— uh, was went through a lot of rigmarole over the years, and John Paul II was instrumental in it becoming worldwide and accepted. Can you fill us in on that? Yeah, a lot of people write us and they they get very angry that how you promote this message of divine mercy was banned because mm. you know it's it's of the devil. Let me quickly clarify that. First of all, um, the message in 1958, yes, was temporarily halted. Because the nun who translated the Polish of St. Faustina into Italian for those at the Vatican had a very faulty translation. It was very inaccurate. In fact, in one place, she said, St. Faustina said, I am the divine mercy. Well, mm. that's ridiculous. If, if a nun said that, it should be banned. So the, the translation was faulty. And this translation, we Marian fathers at the time were promoting it. We obeyed the ban. And what happened was fascinating because those who oppose, you mentioned, Doug, earlier, infiltration in the church. Um, what was that book, AA 1025 or something like that, that yeah. talks about yep. the yep. communist infiltration, which is real, yep. the Masonic, uh, you know, just the craziness of, of the last few decades. Well, anyway... Mm -hmm. John the 23rd was uh, the Pope at the time, and some evil men in the church tried to permanently ban it. And they brought in a, a, a document for, for Pope to sign, and they put it at the very bottom of the stack of papers, thinking by the time he reads through it, he'll be tired and he'll just rubber stamp it and ban Divine Mercy forever. He ended up going in in the morning and through the Holy Spirit, he flipped the stack upside down. <laughs> and and the, the request to ban divine mercy was um, on top. And he was fresh in the morning. He read it. And he's like, something's not right here. Once they investigated, they found the faulty translation. 
everything was lifted. The ban was lifted. And actually, the one who lifted the ban was Paul VI. So John Paul did not lift the ban, which is good, because right. then he can't be accused of favoritism. Once Paul VI lifted it, John Paul was elected pope a month later, and he was free to promote it. Mm. And he did promote it. And it's so amazing because people think it's optional. Actually, divine mercy is not optional. The missal, we talk about mistranslations. Listen to this. Priests in America will read the missal where it says divine mercy Sunday. Or no, I'm sorry. It says the second Sunday of Easter or divine mercy Sunday. Thinking or means optional. I can, I can do the second Sunday of Easter or Divine Mercy Sunday. Uh-uh. The actual Latin translation, seau, in the, in the Latin doesn't mean or. It means namely or that is. So the mm. proper translation mm. is the second Sunday of Easter, that is Divine Mercy Sunday. Right, right. It's not optional. The priest is to preach on mercy. And we are to be merciful, receive his mercy. Remember, the only unforgivable sin is the sin against the Holy Spirit. And what is the sin against the Holy Spirit? Not asking for God's mercy. And so soon as we go into that confessional, we are asking for God's mercy. We cannot be guilty of the unforgivable sin. You will be forgiven. And that's why Jesus said, divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. Wow. Wow. Father, uh, I, I think our time is up. I This has been just incredible. Um, and again, like I say, I hope a million people hear what you had to say. Oh, God bless I, you guys for yeah, getting I, 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 there's there, People are, as you said, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're scared to death of what's going on all around us. And... Um, Sometimes we feel like Jesus is asleep in the boat and uh, we wake up, please. Uh, but here we're given this incredible opportunity to just come home, yeah, to just to, to just 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 stop it. It's not hard. Um, you don't have to worry about what what you've done in the past. Look who Jesus visited let him see first after the resurrection. Everything points to the fact that God not only forgives, but he forgets. He wants us confident, uh, on fire, the first day of the rest of our lives. And what a beautiful, beautiful gift to say the slate is completely wiped clean. We get a fresh start, and, um, and we're under the power of grace. We're under the power of God's mercy. Now we're called to be those vessels of mercy to the world around us. And because the world is starving for it right now, they really are. And uh, so, again, could uh, could you close us with a blessing, Father? Absolutely. And to all the listeners and to all you, remember, you don't get to heaven without the grace, the force of the grace that God gives us, especially on Divine Mercy Sunday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you send the Holy Spirit down upon us to open our minds and our hearts to receive the grace you wish to bestow, the grace that will lead us all to eternal life, the grace of divine mercy, which is mankind's last hope of salvation. We pray that all the viewers of Grace Force will live this message of mercy and spread it to their neighbor in need. And we ask Almighty God, through the intercession of St. Faustina and our, our Mother Mary, that you bless all of those present and all members of the Grace Force in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. Really nice, Father. Thank Father, you thank so you much. so much. This was I awesome. Feel like, I feel at peace. God yeah. bless you guys. I just feel at peace right now. It's just yeah. so I, I tell you, I'm like so excited that in, 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 in set, six days, I'm going to be completely cleansed. Completely <laughs> yeah. cleansed. Um, wow. Amazing. Amazing.